Welcome everybody to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host, Arif Vakis. Yeah, we're bringing you the news for the week of uh, August 12th, essentially. And uh, even though it is the middle or, yeah, I guess the winding down of summer, there's still stuff to talk about. And so we'll be talking about it. I'm going to start off with Microsoft shutting down Consumer Modern Life Experience Team uh, and what that means for the business in general. We'll give some history on what Microsoft does normally during the summer when it comes to layoffs or whatnot. Uh, what else do we have next? We have some news about OneDrive and OneDrive getting a new feature. Yeah, and then we'll be talking about uh, Xbox and some accusations uh, with Sony. When just when we thought things were starting to kind of level out and like you know we could let the fanboys go their way of the uh, uh, on the on the internet chats, uh, Microsoft has fueled another feud essentially uh, about something they think Sony's doing to prevent them from growing. Uh, and then we'll do a fast recap, which we have a ton of information about and a ton of news, starting with. Uh, you can now shop smarter on Microsoft Bing, thanks to a couple of different changes. We talk about Microsoft Power Toys, uh, getting a new feature. And then some changes to Outlook on Windows. Yeah, and then there will be, uh, I guess, we'll be talking about gaming this summer, uh, surprisingly. Uh, I, I guess, yeah, next summer. Gamescom, so. Gamescom 2022, which is a couple of weeks away. Yeah, we'll be talking about games this summer. And uh, speaking of games, we'll also be talking about a new version of the Elite Controller coming out soon. And also some news about the Microsoft Store being and being able to read more reviews than you used to be able to. Yeah, because uh, those reviews, man, those reviews <laughs> need some help. They're all legit, right? Yeah, right? Just as, as legit as a bot can be. Uh, we'll be talking about the week ahead as well. Uh, and I mean, I'll let you introduce this next topic for our week ahead. Yeah, uh, in the week ahead, this will actually be the very last podcast featuring myself. But because I am moving on to a new publication, uh, XDA Developers, I'm starting towards the tail end of August. But uh, my co wonderful co-host Kareem here, he is committed to continuing the podcast. Uh, not quite sure on the format just yet, but we are committed to continuing on, on podcasts and making sure we get you guys up to speed on Microsoft News each week. Yeah, we'll get into some more of that later on. Uh, we also have Galaxy Impact News. Uh, continue to trickle out as people get more hands-on and some unboxings. I believe our editor-in-chief might be getting a device, so they will have something to talk about uh, during that as well. And we also have some news about emojis and Microsoft's new open-source 3D emojis. Yeah, and with that being said, let's get into our first topic of today. Uh, Windows is dead and Xbox is dead and Microsoft is exiting the consumer market entirely and <laughs> The only Microsoft product that will be left is basically <laughs> Azure and Office. No, folks, we're just kidding. Uh, rewind your clocks a bit. <laughs> I was going to say, this... that was an internal memo from Sasha Nadella just issued about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> very late breaking news on a very boring Friday afternoon. But no, <laughs> that is not the big news. The rumor that we're talking about here is Microsoft laying off up to 200 employees in their modern life experiences team, which was created back in 2018 to lay more emphasis on what we like to call prosumers or professional consumers, focusing on coming up with products and services that basically fit in with what consumers or prosumers would want to use. 
Yeah, uh, Microsoft, I believe I wrote a story a couple weeks ago about Microsoft's uh, record year in employment. Uh, I think uh, prior to uh, July, they had, had a housing of about 221,000 employees, with the majority obviously in Seattle, but I think 99,000 or something internationally because they have contractors and you know partners and things like that all over the world. Uh, since then, though, they've uh, kind of contracted. Uh, I believe in July they had about 1,800 people that were laid off uh, from various divisions. Uh, these uh, 200 are adding to that. Uh, I guess I believe it was the beginning of August. Now, uh, with that being said, uh, I mean layoffs are always uh, you know kind of bad, you know, depressing news for everybody in, involved in in general. Microsoft did offer uh an extension to people who were being laid off from this particular division asking them to find another position within microsoft's company now mind you these are also contract positions so they're not guaranteed jobs you know not full-time employment necessarily with benefits or whatnot of the same sort of benefits that people that are based in the uh, redmond campus get uh, but microsoft did offer them 60 days to find a new position within the company or to take a severance as far as details are concerned again layoffs always suck uh this division seems to be kind of uh, you know, uh, low hanging fruit as far as uh, Microsoft is concerned. Uh, a lot of businesses are seeing the same, a similar sort of layoff situation as they brace for a potential recession. Uh, I believe Google just laid off a, f a few hundred people as well in the last few days. Uh, I think Facebook is, you know, they sent out the memo heard around the world about people not necessarily uh, belonging at Facebook right now because they're trying to batten the hatches and, you know, tighten around all the development things going on. So again, this is Normal business, sad normal business, but normal business nonetheless. And uh, like I said, um, Microsoft houses about 200 plus employees at the moment. And these are you know through acquisitions and whatnot. So, uh, and normally during the summers, they have much larger layoffs. So, uh, you know, it's a green, you know, it's a silver lining, so to speak, that, you know, only, you know, 2,000 uh, so people were laid off this summer. Yeah. And this this report that. this report is a rumor. Officially, Microsoft hasn't said nothing much about it. I believe a couple of publications, including Business Insider, which is the one that broke the story, they reached out to Microsoft for a comment, and Microsoft didn't officially say anything. And uh, we noticed it because it came from a LinkedIn post from an employee. I think it's Aaron Hessler. Uh, I'm <laughs> probably saying pronouncing the name wrong, and if I am, I'm sorry. But basically, they had a post up. Uh, this was a senior designer who confirmed that there was a shakeup a court, uh, 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 happening in the Modern Life Experience team. And the post mentioned, to all my colleagues who faced hard news today, please let me know if there's anything I can do. The culture we created inside a giant company on our small Modern Life Experiences team was so special. Thinking of you all today is what the post had said. So that was uh, letting uh, us know of the unfortunate layoffs that occurred inside Microsoft. Yeah, and like we said, this uh, you know they have sixty days, which is perhaps why Microsoft is not saying anything yet, because you know hopefully a vast majority of these individuals will find other positions, and the number goes from two hundred to maybe one twenty to maybe eighty officially by the end of the sixty days. So maybe uh, in a month or so we'll have uh, an official number of the people that are no longer at Microsoft. But let's move on to some sort of happier news. This is like actual news that meant, was meant to celebrate 
a big milestone at Microsoft, which was 15 years of Microsoft OneDrive. Now, do you remember when OneDrive came about? It was basically in so 2000, SkyDrive, right? yeah, SkyDrive in 2007 when it was launched as a cloud storage system. And then it evolved uh, in 2008 and 11 and 12 and 16. And it slowly become integrated into more and more and more Microsoft products. And to the point where in 2018, Micro, uh, sorry, where in 2022, it, today, Microsoft uh, is unveiling a new home experience for OneDrive to celebrate 15 uh, years of OneDrive. And it's basically a new experience to allow you to seamlessly get back to work and keep you on track with all the changes that took place while you are away. And according to a blog post from Microsoft, OneDrive will now surface your most relevant files and list your most recent files, along with activity updates up front on the new homepage so you can see everything at a glance and quickly prioritize where you want to start working. So basically it boils down to this. You'll be able to easily locate important files that you need to get started with. Uh, you'll have a new recent view to which is now called OneDrive Home and you'll be able to see an activity column which is a special place to keep track of all your interactions made on shared document. And there's also a new My, my files view. We'll be able to share all of your files, uh, see your at mentions, see your comments, and see assigned tasks from collaborators. And there's also a new quick access section in the left side of OneDrive Home. And it seems like a very refreshed experience. And it's been 15 years and Microsoft is continu continuing to push OneDrive to new places. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I, ideally our producer here and we'll have some b-roll for you individuals who are watching this for those of you who are listening if you could just close your eyes for a second and imagine uh, going to google drive and seeing the shared documents or the most recent documents in that uh uh i guess it's a uh, like uh what do you call it like a square view or whatnot like a yeah. thumbnail view thumbnail view at the top that's similar to what you'll be seeing with this new OneDrive. uh they'll have about four or five thumbnails at the top for your most recent activities or your shared uh, 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 documents. On the left-hand side, though, we're getting more of the File Explorer uh, UI, which had me yep. thinking, I wonder if this could be a replacement eventually for a cloud-based or ARM-based version of Windows that is much lighter, where they just used the OneDrive app as your universal documents uh, or your File Explorer, so to speak. Uh, you get the same, like you said, you there's pinned access, so uh, you'll have uh, you know your four or five uh, I think it's home, my files, shared, and recycling bin at the top, yep. and then a section underneath where you can pin stuff like we do at the home section. And again, like you said, they will be calling it home, which is the same thing you get on your file explorer on Windows 10. So uh, ideally, the you know the functionality between using both of the app and your file explorer will seem very native to you. So that at some point, when Windows decides to go lighter, this app will just feel at home. So again, if you have your eyes closed, just picture a white version of the file explorer with a little bit of Google Drive uh, thumbnails at the top. And that's what you get with this new look, which I like. So if Windows 10X ever makes a comeback from the grave of Microsoft products and the Surface Neo makes a comeback from the grave of Microsoft products, you can look forward to having this new OneDrive experience on there. But as of today, you could just see it on the web by going to OneDrive.com. Right. It's also part of a unification. Yeah, it's also part of a unification effort from Microsoft, uh, where they're putting uh, a lot of their 
uh, UI or making their UI look very similar across the board. So yeah. things like PowerPoint, Word, and whatnot will all have these like side menus uh, that you'll be able to access new information from. Uh, and then, you know, if you wanted to create a, you know, a right or a left-handed menu down the right side for comments and all the other collaborative efforts, they'll, they'll all be stationed in the same area. So again, if you're just someone who needs to use the cloud, needs to use a web browser, but likes the window UI versus Chrome OS, Microsoft is working on their web versions of these. Uh, the other thing to note is that uh, this is only available as of right now for people who have work and school accounts, I believe. Yeah. They yep. said they'll be rolling it out over the next couple of months to the rest of us. So uh, if you rush and you, and you don't see it there just yet, that, that is the reason why. If you have a school or work account, uh, you can go check it out and kind of see what it looks like. And that now brings us to our third topic, which I know it's close to your heart because uh, we were we uh, we had a thread in Teams on our our website, our on our backend. We were talking about it, and you had the most to say about this, which is Xbox accusing Sony of paying developers block fees to keep games off of Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, we were trying to figure out um, how this is. It sounds more sensationalized than it is. I believe some of the first publications reported is like IGN and The Verge and some other people. But uh, what it came down to was that uh, I believe as Microsoft is trying to clear their hurdles for its Activision uh, acquisition, they are in Brazil as of right now uh, going through paperwork and they're getting questions asked, you know, as uh, their, uh, uh, you know, form trade body uh, kind of goes over to see if they're going to approve it. And one of the questions, I guess, that came up uh, that Microsoft was answering to was the way that Sony, they believe, are, play, are paying developers uh, to intentionally keep games off a of Game Pass. So, again, this, as I believe our editor chief mentioned, is not much different than having an exclusive. If, you know, at face value. Now, what I was saying was that, you know, uh, again, because Microsoft hasn't gotten into great detail about it, or at least we haven't gotten the details about it, it seems more of the, of the notion that PlayStation is or Sony is paying to keep old games that are cross-platform from hitting the, the Game Pass. So uh, instead of saying, like, oh, we don't want Spider-Man, which will never, you know, from Insomniac, ever come to Xbox Game Pass or, or Xbox in general, it's more along the lines of we're going to extend our Call of Duty um, going to uh, or extending our deal with Call of Duty going to Game Pass uh, day one or anything like that or currently uh, any other game that is on Xbox on the device but it can't be used on the cloud or in, in um, on the Game Pass so I believe that's what their accusation is again we are waiting to get more details about it but if so you know it just it's kind of a it's a potentially bad PR move for Sony, but a great business decision because, again, they're still trying to build up their own cloud version. So if they, you know, can come out and say, hey, you know, this game still hasn't hit Game Pass, but, you know, 100 million of you have a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, come over to us and, and you know, and get the games right now. So, again, not a great community PR move, but a great business move, if if true. And the comments weren't like something that uh, is meant to be like upfront. I think I believe it came from like a legal battle where mm -hmm. uh, Sony was claiming that Activision, uh, the Activision Blizzard deal is anti-competitive. And in one line in those court documents is where this thing came up. It wasn't even in the U.S. I think it was in for uh, Brazil, right? Brazil, so, correct, yeah. yeah. It's something that uh, maybe Sony and Microsoft were trying to sneak under the table and hide from the general public to, I guess, maybe avoid controversy. But the truth is out now, folks. 
Uh, the truth, as far as we know it, uh, again, yeah. there's obviously more details. We don't know how much is being paid, if uh, if at all, or if Microsoft just feels this way because they're not getting the same sort of games that they wanted uh, for uh, Xbox Game Pass, uh, at least not in the time frame that they're hoping to get up. So, uh, I mean, as of right now, Game Pass is still, you know, a great value for a lot of people. Tons of great games. I believe that Cat Game is on there, and it's like number two in the charts or whatever, if you guys want to play a cat sim or something like that. Yeah, I don't uh, think Stray is on Game Pass just yet. It's exclusive to uh, PC and PlayStation. Oh, which is make, it? Yeah, which makes me wonder if that uh, Microsoft paid, uh, sorry, Sony paid off the developer to keep it off Game uh, Pass for now. Maybe that's a, maybe that could be the game they're talking about. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> and, again, and because, because it's less in-your-face uh, kind of a dealing. It's more of like, hey, you know, we're allowing it to be on PC, which means that Microsoft does have a, you know, stake in this. Uh, that's what they're, you know, saying. Maybe my, maybe Sony going forward will just now start releasing a lot of stuff on PC, pay developers to extend whatever time frame they have to stay off of Game Pass, and that's how they build up their library while still being, you know, uh, you know community-oriented with all of its gamers or whatnot. But until we get more information, that's where we stand right now is an accusation that we're getting less games because Sony's paying to, to keep them blocked. And that said, we hit all three of our main topics, which means it's time for the fast recap. And speaking of games, if you're going to go shopping for some Xbox or PlayStation games or even a PS5 or an Xbox Series X, you have some new ways to shop smarter now with Microsoft Bing. And by the way, six topics, 10 minutes as usual. And you're on the clock now. All right, starting off, we have Microsoft uh, updating Bing to add more annotation. I believe the first set of changes uh, will be around pricing and coupons. I think it will be the, the first one that you guys will, will start to notice, uh, where they will basically, if you search for, uh, I don't know, like handbags or backpacks because they were going back to school or laptops or computers or anything of that nature, uh, in the search window, you'll be able to hover over uh, your search results and be able to see uh, annotations for uh, coupons potentially for those of you who want to make save a little bit more. Uh, and this will be done through the search engine versus having it be an extension or uh, you know part of a third party browser kind of tie-in. So again, these will just be baked into the search. You don't have to do anything. You'll see a you'll see a very distinct uh, you know coupons available icon underneath the search itself. Uh, the other thing we'll be seeing is an ethical choice, which is interesting. I believe it's backed by a company that's uh, uh, called Good On You, I believe, Good On You Fashions. And what they do is they rate businesses or, or uh, product producers based on their, uh, their efficacy with, uh, that involves people, uh, animals, or the environment. So, uh, you know, you can get a you know, great ethical choice if you're looking for, you know, maybe you're looking for something, someone who sells vegan leather jackets or something like that. It'll have a good on you uh, or an ethical choice rating. Uh, and you can kind of see if you, where you want to spend your money, if you're going to be using those coupons as well. The last uh, annotation is going to be, I believe, a price one. It's price history. So you'll be, again, be able to scroll over the product and see where it's been priced and how, how long it's been at a certain price for a certain year. So if you think that you, you know, you're seeing the price go down, you might want to wait a little longer. If you see that it's cyclical, you know, every three or four months, the price goes up, then comes back down, goes back up, then comes back down. You might want to wait in your buying period. So those will be coming to or rolling out over the next uh, few weeks. So if you don't have them just yet, uh, they will be showing up. 
And next topic in the fast recap is Microsoft Power Toys getting a new screen ruler. This was something that was teased on Twitter by Clint Ruckus, who is in charge the lead for Microsoft Power Toys. It's basically a new way to measure the pixels between your different window, uh, your windows or whatever you have up on your screen. There'll be four different modes, including across here, horizontal or vertical distance to the nearest object, as well as a rectangular area measurement. And there are a couple of notable features in the tool, and we have the details over on uh, Git. There, the, the full details are available over on GitHub, and we also have a post up about it if you want to learn more. But usually, when Microsoft teases a, a Power Power Toys feature like this, you could expect it within the next one to two weeks to officially come out. But right now, it's just a tease. Yeah, and Microsoft uh, is, and then our next topic, Microsoft is, again, changing the UI a little bit to make it more consistent uh, for people. So people who were using, I believe, Outlooks and Windows, uh, what used to be in the bottom left corner will now be in the top right corner, I believe. So if you were able to top stash left. up top left, sorry, uh, we're able to stash access mail, calendar and people. Uh, those modules will now be at the top. Uh, so they're moving again, everything kind of to the top left in that. Uh, uh, what is it called? Like not the hamburger menu, but the extended menu uh, for for apps. So again, just like the, the new uh, OneDrive where everything is kind of stashed in the top left. Same thing will be happening in Outlook. And next up is being but it's able a test. Just a test, by the way. So, again, if you don't see it, they're just testing it as of right now. So, some people are getting it, some people aren't. So, again, don't rush out. If you want to get it, you might as well sign up to be an Office Insider because that's usually where you get this kind of stuff first. But moving on, um, there's now, you now could be able to read over 2,000 reviews for items in the Microsoft Store. Uh, because of a glitch in the past, you couldn't see more than 2,000 reviews. If you, I don't know who sits there and reads through 2,000 reviews, but <laughs> now if you want to see Robolux reviews from like, I guess, six years ago, you could scroll back all the way past 2,000 reviews and enjoy yourself. Yeah, if you want to point the finger and say, oh, I knew it sucked at some point, this is your chance. <laughs> uh, speaking of going back in time, Microsoft is returning to Gamescom. Uh, this year, actually, um, I believe they will be Gamescom will be running from August 24th through that Sunday. So again, uh, or the tw- Sunday the 28th. So they have about four days. Uh, the event will be held in Cologne, Germany, uh, and Xbox will have a presence. We don't know what they'll be announcing. Uh, if they'll be saving anything for later on in the year, probably we're still waiting for some of those first-party exclusive developers to kind of uh, come up with some of their. Uh, new IPs uh, and finish some of the old ones. We know that some stuff will be held until next year, actually. So it'll be interesting to see what they'll be talking about. Um, they said that they will have a booth, uh, be 36 stations offering hands on time with some of the most anticipated games coming to Xbox in the next 12 months. So uh, I don't know, is there going to be a digital aspect to Gamescom this year? Yeah, I believe you could tune in uh, on the various different channels that Microsoft has for Xbox. Uh, They'll be hosting a live stream starting on Thursday, August 25th. And you could follow Xbox on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you'll be able to see some if there's any new news or any action coming out of Gamescom. There we go. 
And speaking of games, what do you need to play games? You need a controller. And apparently, someone has unboxed a white version of the Xbox Elite controller that has yet to be announced by Microsoft. This was the YouTuber Nicholas Lugo. Uh, he showcased a white Xbox Elite controller with back black grips. And this was something that was reported back in March that a similar controller could be released. So this YouTuber apparently has his hands on unreleased hardware or early hardware. Yeah, uh, I mean, I thought I was going to like it. I don't know if I like the black handles as much. It's a very, uh, it's a very panda-esque look uh, for those of you who can't see it or who are just listening uh, to the podcast. So imagine the two-tone, I don't know, Google phone from the Pixel 2 or something like that, where yeah. you have white on black uh, and the black parts at the very bottom of the controller. Uh, like I said, it looks like a giant panda. Uh, should be nice for some people. And that said, our fast recap is over. And I think, again, under 10 minutes. Get it, buddy. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to our week ahead. And some sad news for those of you who are fans of our co-host. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I will be leaving on Microsoft on August 19th, and that will be my last day at on Microsoft as a senior editor. I am moving on to XDA developers as a full-time writer there, so that means I obviously cannot do the podcast anymore, but... Um, you you could still stay stay tuned to the podcast because my wonderful co-host Kareem Anderson he said that he is committed to keeping on past on podcast going and he'll try to get us some guests uh, bring on some of our writers and keep the show going along for us. Yeah, uh, we all want to say again as your co-host and friend, congratulations. Uh, and those of you who are you know just fans of tech in general. Please follow him uh, when he goes to XDA because he's an amazing writer. He also has scoops uh, and he's very avid on Twitter. So uh, if you're looking for, you know, uh, up to the minute uh, information, you're looking for unboxings uh, and all, kind of, all that kind of stuff, please continue to follow him. Uh, like he said, I will continue to try and get this podcast to you guys every week. Uh, it may be a solo gig for a little bit. So if you don't like my rambling, I, <laughs> just let me know in the comments and I will trim it down. We will get it to a very, I mean, it's a short podcast as it is. Uh, I think the only person who doesn't like your ramblings is probably Satya Nadella himself, which is why he hasn't come on the show, despite us being on for two years now, almost. I'm going to get him on here. And when I do, I'm going to ask you to come back and help me. (laughs) That's going to be the deal. Uh, But yes, we uh, we will miss you. We we're glad to have you. Happy to have you uh, come on and start this up again with us. Uh, and I believe there's a thread where you talk about history on the podcast, if you guys want to follow on Twitter, to kind of learn about how we got to where we're at. And again, uh, we all want to say congratulations. And But we still have some business to get to in the week ahead, which is sort of quickly recapping what happened at Galaxy Unpacked, uh, Samsung's event. And because our editor-in-chief, he got one of the new products coming out of that event. So we just want to run through it really quickly here. Yeah, we got uh, basically some refreshes on about four devices. Uh, we got the Galaxy Watch 5 uh, that, you know, we'll have more information as people get their hands on that. But it's really just a reverse, refresh version of, of this watch. Uh, we also got the, uh, I believe, the Buds Pro 2, uh, despite the naming convention. This is a newer version of the noise-canceling Buds that stick in the ear. There's a couple of new colors. Not much else was done. Uh, and then we have the two full devices, which is, I believe, the Flip 4. Uh, and the Z Fold 4. Uh, they all came, I think they have the newer processor. Uh, the Z Fold starts at a higher storage capacity. 
Uh, the screen's a little bit uh, bigger because they've reduced the bezels. They made a couple tweaks, but basically overall, it's the same sort of device. Uh, and the same thing for the Flip, uh, and they come in new colors. So that's, that's your recap for uh, Galaxy Unpacked. And if you love emojis, one thing that you might want to look forward to in the weeks ahead are open source 3D emoji from Microsoft, because Microsoft has officially open sourced 1,538 emojis under the MIT open source license and creators on both Figma and GitHub. But the only ones that aren't included are have Windows branding and also Clippy. But that means that more of those amazing 3D emojis will be available for people to try out in different apps and different services. So if you're an emoji fan and you love sending them uh, and you send them through your computer somehow, uh, have at it because there's going to be a lot, uh, a bunch of new ones. Uh, and I will also be doing a ton of reviews. Uh, I believe, uh, I think it was uh, Toshiba, I think Dell and uh, Lenovo just like threw up a bunch of computers at me. They just every week, oh, do you want two or three more? So I got uh, ThinkPads up the butt coming at reviews for you guys. <laughs> uh, I got uh, Yogas, I got, uh, I got, uh, I think I have an XPS somewhere stashed as well. So uh, I hope you guys are ready for computer reviews. I'll try to get them out to you, uh, you know, every few days and get you guys ready for back to school. And that's it. I think we hit the end of the show. So time for the traditional outro. Yeah, uh, you can find me at my head one. Where can people find you? A back journey. Yeah, and that is again on all the socials for, for me. I think I believe it's the same for you or it might be different ones, but we usually mainly use Twitter. So that will that is where you can follow us there. If you are looking for uh, just news and less personality, you can follow on Microsoft uh, at Twitter. Uh, on, that is our handle on Twitter. If you're just looking to get straight information uh, and you don't use any social media apps, on Microsoft.com is our website. So please go visit there. That's where we have all of our uh, think pieces, our uh, tutorials on how to work or get around in the UI and Windows or Outlook or specific Teams apps, things like that. Uh, and then you can go visit, uh, I believe, Pinterest if you want to learn about gaming. Surprisingly, it's over there and not Twitch, but our writer Brad does keep us up to date uh, with all the gaming news on Pinterest. So please go visit that. Uh, we're glad to have you guys. Hope we'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your weekend. But thanks for spending this little bit of time with us. Thanks again for watching us. We premiered, I think it was two years, almost two years ago to this very date. I think August 26, 2020 <laughs> was our first episode. So again, we really appreciate you guys so, so much. We really appreciate you if you watch live, if you watch us during the premiere, or you listen to us on Spotify or whatever medium it might be, even if you watch us on YouTube later on during the week. We really appreciate appreciate you guys so much, and we hope to see you again soon. Same place, same time. Yeah, stay safe. Enjoy the hot weather out there. Stay cool if you can. All right, everyone. Take care. Bye.